Welcome to Red Stars Report, a podcast dedicated to bringing the latest news and commentary on the NWSL's Chicago Red Stars. I'm your host, LT. Unfortunately, Grant isn't able to join us this evening, but they'll be back next week. I will start off tonight with a disclaimer that I'm recording this on Sunday, February 25th, a day before the 32 players preseason roster deadline. So we won't be covering who is and isn't on the roster until next week, but you can, of course, see those updates as they come in on our social media pages and, of course, uh, on our Discord server as well. Then the day that this episode releases, which will be Tuesday, February 27th, the same day as the 2024 kit reveals are supposed to happen. So you won't hear anything about that in this episode either, but I'm sure we'll have plenty to say about that next week. Now on to what has actually been happening and going on since our last episode, since it's very quiet in the uh, Chicago Red Stars camp lately, is the W Gold Cup. Last time we were discussing the preliminary matches, which saw Sam Fisher and El Salvador, as well as uh, Jill Aguilera and Puerto Rico compete and succeed in the win and in matches to send their teams to the group stage of the tournament. Having already qualified for the tournament, uh, Julia Bianchi in Brazil, as well as Alyssa Nair and the U.S. Women's National Team, haven't played in any matches uh, in the tournament until last week. The first match that we got to see was the U.S. versus Dominican Republic. Alyssa Nair got the start and goal, and due to the expected dominance of the um, U.S. in possession, we obviously didn't see much of Alyssa in that match. The U.S. ended up winning 5 to nothing. no surprise there. Now, if you want Red Stars Report to also become a podcast that does recaps on the USWNT matches, just let me know. But for now, we're just going to focus on the players from Chicago. Although, I will say Illinois native and former Red Stars Reserves player Corbin Albert has been getting starts for the team in this tournament, and she's been an exciting player to watch. Uh, Corbin, please come back to Chicago at some point in your career. Thank you. And uh, we'll move on to uh, the next round of group play. Um, the U.S. didn't start Alyssa and goal in their 4-0 win over Argentina. But we did get to see some old friends in Casey Kruger and Tierney Davidson start, and it was just lovely to watch them play football again. Now, the next match was bound to be an exciting one with Jill Aguilera and Puerto Rico going up against Julia Bianchi and Brazil. To my surprise, Brazil started Julia on the same side of the pitch as Jill, and we got to see 90 minutes of Jill versus Julia, and it was just really fun to watch. Uh, Jill was her usual self, defending Julia well in each of their 1v1 matchups, Jill having won the majority of them on both sides of the ball. Julia did have a nice match, though, when she didn't have to go 1v1 versus Jill. 
um, how she was better in the first half than the second half Julia was. Um, but I was surprised that Brazil didn't let Julia take more set pieces. Julia typically was used to shield the keeper on set pieces, which was kind of worthless because, you know, Julia's like five, six and Sydney Martinez of Puerto Rico's six feet. Um, but I think Julia's talents are a little more, uh, could be better utilized uh, <laughs> taking the, the set pieces rather than just standing in the box for them. But either way, um, in the match, I expected to see Brazil kind of run away with it. And Puerto Rico's defense and the stellar goalkeeping of Sydney Martinez held Brazil to one goal off an unfortunate deflection. Puerto Rico could leave that match proud of, of what they have done, even in the loss because of that. It's just they they played incredibly well against a team that could be expected to, to you know, be way better than uh, than they showed in that in that match. Um, I can't wait to ask Jill and Julia what it was like for them to go up against each other in international play. Of course, they both swapped jerseys with each other at the end of the match, which was just so great to see. I I, I really loved seeing that. In the next round of group play, Brazil didn't start. Julia didn't even play her uh, at all in their 1-0 win over Colombia. Hopefully, uh, we kind of see her later in the tournament. On the other side of that, Jill Aguilera saw another 90-minute performance for Puerto Rico in their matchup against Panama. Puerto Rico got off to a slow start, allowing a goal on a counterattack in the 27th minute, and they struggled to really get anything going uh, through halftime. But after the half, Jill, who is usually playing very wide on the left side, started to pinch in more towards the midfield, uh, which opened up a lot of opportunities for her to go forward, either through her own progression on the ball or or playing it forward to either of the two forwards in front of her. Uh, this tactic proved fruitful for, for Puerto Rico, who saw um, a lot more of the ball in the attack in the second half, but especially started to win more corners and set pieces because of it. Um, on one of those corners, Jill was called upon to take it with her powerful left foot uh, on the right side of the pitch, as she always is called upon to do so for the Puerto Rican national team. And she sent that ball into the box. Uh, it was beautifully placed for Madison Cox to, to head it in to tie the score up at one apiece. Um, I really just love seeing... Uh, Jill have these moments as an international player. Her minutes were reduced so much in 2023 that um, seeing her play full 90s and, and make an impact on an upcoming team like Puerto Rico has, has been really fun to watch, and, and I'm really proud of her uh, and the player that she's becoming. Now, Puerto Rico would end up scoring in the 93rd minute at the death to give them all three points for that match and put them at the top with the most points among third place finishers in the tournament with one round to go. Finishing with the most points among 
third place finishers and all the groups will allow them to move on to the knockout knockout rounds moving forward. So we'll see if they can kind of keep that position or even even fight for for second or, or first in the in the in the group. Uh, now the next Red Stars player to compete in the tournament was Sam Fisher of El Salvador. El Salvador was going up against Canada and it was not pretty. Um, Sam was back playing in her newfound role as a center forward, but she didn't really see much of the ball. She only got one shot off on target in her 63 minutes that she played. And Canada would go on to just wallop El Salvador uh, 6-0. So there's one more match in the second round of group play with Sam and El Salvador going up against Costa Rica, um, who they very much need a win against to stay in the running for their group or, or one of those third-place spots. This game is happening as I record this. I'm literally watching it right there on my phone. Costa Rica is up one nothing currently. Um, so if you're seeing this, it, I decided not to re-record after the match is over. The third and final round of World Cup play will have started by the time that this episode releases with the U.S. playing their next match against Mexico on Monday. Hopefully by the time this episode comes out, the U.S. will have beaten Mexico, hopefully with the help of a listener and goal. Either way, they'll probably, or either way, they've already advanced to the knockout rounds, which start on March 2nd. As for the rest of the Red Stars in group play, you can see Jill Aguilera and Puerto Rico play Colombia Tuesday, February 27th at 6 p.m. Central Time on Paramount+. Plus. On that same day, you can see Julia Bianchi uh, if she sees playing time for Brazil at 9.15 p.m. Central Time, also on Paramount+. Plus. Wednesday, February 28th, you can watch Sam Fisher and El Salvador take on Paraguay at 8 p.m. Central Time on Paramount+. Plus. All of the matches that I just listed are also on ESPN Plus in Spanish. So with all of these players playing internationally, it's it's quite the change of pace from what we're used to when it comes to the Red Stars. The club has obviously had a plethora of players who, you know, play at the national team level for the U.S., uh, but I'm not quite sure if they've ever had seven countries, potentially eight, if they sign Leilani Nesbeth, represented on their squad with uh, all of these international players and not a lot of room for them to play. I started to wonder uh, what each of their roles would be at the domestic level once the 2024 season starts. Now, mind you that I'm making these assumptions solely based on what I've seen from players and their roles internationally uh, with their old clubs or any of their playing time prior to 2024. Uh, let's go position by position to kind of make it easier to break down each role and also include the players who represent the U.S. internationally as well, you know, just for fun. Um, starting with Alyssa Nair. Alyssa is going into her 12th year in the NWSL, her ninth with Chicago. 
last year after the departure of Vanessa DiBernardo, Alyssa became the club's captain and wears the armband each and every time that she sees the pitch. I fully expect Alyssa to be the captain once again this season. And I'm curious if they name a co-captain to wear the armband while Nair is off on international duty like they did last season with Aaron Wright. Um, or they could, you know, give the um, the title to, to someone who uh, even plays internationally but may also be gone during those times. Alyssa has been a staple in goal for the Chicago Red Stars since trading for her in 2016, as well as in goal for the U.S. national team since taking over as the number one keeper in 2018, winning a World Cup in 2015 as part of that roster, and then again in 2019 as the number one keeper for the team. For the Red Stars specifically, her and the rest of the club's defense struggled, um, giving up the most goals in the league last season. Hopefully with an almost entirely new look defense in front of her, that stat won't be repeated. This year, Nair will also play a pivotal role in the development of both returning goalkeeper Mackenzie Wood and newly signed keeper Sidney Schneider, who plays for the Jamaican national team. Now Schneider comes to the Red Stars in an obvious backup role, but the big question will be who starts in goal while Alyssa is off on international duty. Schneider has five or six years of experience on the international level, while Mackenzie Wood is just in her second year in the league where she's received one start in a friendly last year uh, against Mexico and two starts while she was on loan in France. I think Schneider's overall experience in goal will get her the call, but I would not be surprised if Wood has outperformed her in training and she ends up getting that, that call instead. As for defenders, the Red Stars signed Natalia Cuica in free agency this offseason. The Finnish international is headed into her fourth year in the NWSL, having played her first three years in the league with Portland. Quika scored a goal, tallied two assists last season as a right back on the defensive line for Portland. She started in 20 of her 21 matches that she played in and was part of the 2022 Portland Thorns championship team. Now, internationally, Quika is a five-time Finland footballer of the year, having won it in 2017, 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023. She actually plays center back for Finland, which I'll talk about why that's interesting in a moment, but she received her first cap in 2013 at the age of 18 for the team. She has an incredible amount of experience, both internationally for Finland, overseas having, having played in Sweden before, and in the U.S., uh, having played three years in uh, the league 
for, for, for Portland, but also four years as a Seminole at, at Florida State and was their team captain there since her junior year. And all of this is important for the two roles that I think Quico will, will play this season for the Red Stars. The choice between whether she plays as a fullback or a center back, three different scenarios. I can see either she plays right back in a four back system like she traditionally has in the league. Or she plays right center back in a three back system, or they move her to center back if they aren't confident in the players who are kind of lined up to play next to Sam Staub in that center back role in the four back system, the traditional four back system, which is where she plays internationally. Um, she plays center back on that right side in a four-back system for Finland. I personally would want to see her at right back like she has played in the league for the last three years as she's very good in the attack as well. And if you watch her internationally, she doesn't move forward much while she's playing center back, which I think is just kind of um, a, a loss uh, on, the, on that side of, of her talent. Quico will play a big role on the leadership front as well this season. She has spoken to both Chicago media and now in Finland about her seeing this part of her career as one where she will need to be more vocal in her leadership to both improve as a player and as an individual. Her being the captain of uh, her college team obviously screams leadership qualities, but also the fact that she's one of several players that the Red Stars have brought in who have played in or have won a championship at the professional level speaks a lot to what this club is trying to surround its players with. Proven winners and leaders to usher them into this new era. And I believe that Quika will be at the forefront of that. The other international defender on the club is newly signed German international Maxi Rall. Maxi is an interesting case because I'm not quite sure what her role for Chicago will be, but I know what I believe that it could be. And Chicago right now is, or potentially could be thin at the right back position a position that Tatum Malazzo occupied last year, but had a down year after moving to that side of the field. Following a career year playing left center back, I believe that the most likely scenario has Tatum moving back to the left side in order to make room for the aforementioned Natalia Quica to play right back. However, if they move Quica centrally and still move Malazzo back to the left, right back kind of becomes wide open. Rawl has a lot of experience as a fullback, as a right back. And in her introductory presser 
she seemed confident that that is where she she would remain but did acknowledge her ability to get forward in the attack i'm not totally sold on her defensive abilities from what i've seen especially coming into a powerful defensive league like the nwsl but i would love to see her play in the attack which kind of leaves the door open to either her playing as a right winger or a right uh, wing back, depending on the system that the Red Stars utilize this season. I don't think Maxi cracks that starting lineup or the rotation even right off the bat, but she could surprise us. I mean, 20 goals for Bayern Munich in the last two years is is not something to to just look past easily. Now, once you go into the midfield for Chicago, this is when things this is when things get really interesting. Jill Aguilera, who we were just discussing earlier, has been gaining confidence and improving her game at the international level. It must not have been easy for her to be left off Chicago's protected list in the expansion draft this year. But after not being selected by Utah or Bay FC, Jill could come back once again to fight for minutes at the domestic level. Just watching Jill play for Puerto Rico this year, it looks like she's both improved her speed and her shot speed. She has an absolute rocket of a left foot, and the club could really use a left footer on that side of the attack. Jill had five starts in 17 matches in 2022 for Chicago, mostly as a left wing back. She never scored or had an assist, but she really only played around 30 minutes a match on a team mostly focused on getting Mallory Swanson the ball. So it's not unsurprising. However, her minutes diminished heavily in 2023, earning her first start very late in the season, coming on to play one half uh, as a left back. She played in 11 matches, got one start. Um, she averaged a little more than 16 minutes a match. That is if she even made it into the game, having only played 11 in 2023. Jill could be a really solid backup to Mal Swanson on that left side or as a starting wing back in this league in general um, in a three-back system. I'd even give her a look in the attacking midfield that's kind of wide open right now for this team with Yuki and Ella not 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 uh, being around anymore. Jill has the ability to be an impact player and um, I'd give her the opportunity to be one domestically just like she is internationally. We'll see if it happens but I hope uh, the confidence and um, what she's showing on the international level um, proves something to to the new coaches in Chicago and, and she can kind of see a, a bigger role than she has in the last two seasons with them. 
Now, Julia Bianchi, on the other hand, is an everyday starter for this club in the midfield, and no one will change my mind on that. Uh, she has played center back and fullback for Brazil in the past and, and doesn't really see a whole lot of minutes for that team. But when it comes to Chicago, Julia's rookie year was full of nothing but a masterclass in, in development. Julia was a surprise signing out of Brazil for Chicago last season. And I expected her to start like right away for a club with a depleted midfield, but that really wasn't going to be the case for her. She would sub late into a couple matches early on in the season, uh, earning her first start in a challenge cup match in May. Um, <laughs> that one start led to another in the regular season, just four days later. Soon, Bianchi was seeing 90 minutes regularly for the club. Her IQ was growing. She was getting faster. Her passing was getting more accurate. And she went on to tally five assists, uh, which would tie her for second in the NWSL that season. Her five assists accounted for 20% of the club's goals in 2023. And she's only going to get better she also took five shots in her second to last match of the season. So I, she will score a banger from the top of the box this season. I can really feel it. Uh, Julia Bianchi will be one of the starting midfielders for the Chicago Red Stars in 2024. I have no doubt of that. And she will be the main taker of set pieces, even with Mal back from injury. I mean, she scored an Olympico off the Mexican national team, for Christ's sake. I mean, you don't put that player in the backseat. If anything, she'll share time with either Mal or Sam Staub, depending on where the ball is on the field. The Chicago Red Stars, please extend the contract of Julia Bianchi. It's up after this season, and the club needs her to stay in that midfield. I need her to stay in that midfield. Um, and hopefully she sees more minutes with Brazil throughout the Gold Cup tournament to, to prove even more um, with that side of, of, of her career, what she can do. Um, the tournament is obviously still going on right now, and Brazil will continue into the into the future i think she's just a special player i hope she keeps getting called in to that squad and i hope she has a huge role and a huge impact on chicago's team in 2024 the other midfielder who plays internationally who we've already been discussing um is sam fisher Sam is another interesting case for Chicago, a player unprotected in the expansion draft who just recently started playing internationally for El Salvador. For the national team, Sam has been starting at center forward. Uh, now Sam is naturally a forward and was a damn good one at Notre Dame when she was in college. But for Chicago, she's kind of been all around the pitch from left wing to center mid to defensive mid. 
Sam is a unique player with a lot of talent scoring the ball, having scored in the NWSL before, obviously, but she also has shown to be a pretty decent player in the midfield when she's gotten time there. Um, I doubt that Sam's playing time will increase domestically given the amount of talent that Chicago has in their midfield, but she could crack the rotation there. And I'm curious if she shows enough skill at center forward for El Salvador, will Chicago's coaches look at potentially finding her minutes there too? We'll see, but for now, I think we have a better chance at watching Fisher play a lot of football internationally and not domestically. The last midfielder is Leilani Nesbeth, who internationally plays for Bermuda. Now, I know that Leilani hasn't made the roster yet, but if she does, like I expect her to, she will take up an international slot, unlike Sydney, Jill, or Sam, who are all U.S. citizens. Leilani's role will be interesting. Um, she says that she wants to play as a defensive midfielder. So if she makes the roster, will she fight for minutes there with Carrie Ricaro and Julia Bianchi? Or will they find room for her further up the field as she is a pretty dominant scorer as well? It also heavily depends on the formation that Lauren Donaldson deploys this season, but I'm not quite sure she cracks the starting 11 quite yet unless she's been a standout in camp since day one and we just haven't seen it. She could also very well be the future of the Chicago Red Stars. So her development whether it's in the rotation or not, will be key this, this season. The last player and only forward signed with Chicago who sees international minutes is Mallory Swanson. Star forward for the Chicago Red Stars and the U.S. women's national team. Mal's role may seem to be the most obvious, score goals. Uh, especially as a player who has consistently led Chicago in goals and led the U.S. in goals last year, even though she was injured for a majority of the calendar year last year. So, yes, score goals. But Mal's role will be greater than that. She's spoken at length about her role as a leader, both at the club and national team levels. But... Her leadership is unique in that she recognizes that it is easy for her to be a leader on the field while leaving the locker room leadership to those who are more vocal in that area, like a listener. I could see them naming Mal as a co-captain for her leadership on the field this season, but with or without that title, she has an important job this season outside of just scoring goals. Getting others involved and helping to develop the young talent like Penelope Hawking and anyone else who is either on that front line with her or connecting with her on the left side of the pitch. Chicago has one star player on the forward line while other, play, while other clubs have two or more players. 
Chicago obviously has potential for more there. The development of Chicago's young forwards is key to the success of the club this season. Mal can't do it on her own. And over half of the goals scored last season were made up by players who are no longer with the club. So where is the scoring going to come from outside of Swanson? It may be up to her to identify and elevate others to produce by her side instead of her having to do it all alone. Obviously, Chicago had to find new ways to score with Mal only getting one goal prior to her injury last season and scoring only 24 after that, 14 of which were from players who are no longer with the club, as I had mentioned. In 2022, Mal accounted for 50% of the club's offense, scoring 11 goals and acquiring seven assists. That ratio should be unacceptable this season because it's not sustainable for the club. So Mal will have an important role in developing the young talent around her while also going out there and proving to us once again that she is one of the greatest players in the world. And I, for one, cannot wait for that. And with that, I'll, I'll wrap things up this week. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you find your podcasts. If you want to see Grant and I discuss the club each week, you can watch us on our, on our YouTube page at Red Stars Report. Subscribe to our show wherever you listen uh, or watch your podcasts. Turn on the notifications to see when our next episodes go up. Make sure you're following us at Red Stars Report on social media across all of our channels to keep up with the latest news between episodes. Just like I had mentioned, the, the roster getting trimmed down as well as the kit reveals. You're going to want to follow us on our social pages for discussions on those. And for more discussions, join our Discord community and chat with us and others in the community each day about both the Red Stars and other things that are happening across the soccer world. Just click on the invite in the description or scan the QR code at the bottom of the screen on YouTube. We're having a blast right now in there talking about each Gold Cup match. So come and join us. The next time you see us, the first roster cut will have been made. So we'll be discussing that next week, as well as the club's new kits that should be revealed on the day that this episode comes out. And with that, we'll see you next week for another Red Stars report.